and Pastor Jay launched us into a brand new message series here at the chapel called Finding Jesus in the Old Testament. And we saw how Abraham was called to, to be blessed, but the purpose of being blessed was to ultimately be a blessing to others. And uh, this weekend, we want to talk specifically about finding Jesus in the Old Testament law. Now, I was doing some research. There are some, there's some crazy, wacky laws even today. Did you know that? Um, for instance, this one, uh, up until 2015, did you know that in the law of, uh, in the state of Minnesota, they limited nursing homes to playing bingo just two days per week? Like, let them play. Like, come on, it's bingo. Like, let them, I don't know, there's, there's weird laws, right? Thankfully, that one evidently has been changed. How about this one? In the state of Louisiana, it is illegal for one or more persons to engage with a bear for the purpose of fighting. I mean, do people really need to be told this? I could have an NFL football team and I'm not going after a grizzly bear, all right? Uh, or, or this one, in the state of Washington, the slaying of Bigfoot is a felony and punishable by five years in prison. So listen, if you see him, take your picture, but just keep walking. Don't bother him. Don't do anything to him um, or her. Maybe Bigfoot. Who knows? I mean, come on. It could be anybody. All right. Well, there, as you look to the pages of the Bible... Specifically in the Old Testament, you come across some laws that honestly are very confusing. In fact, some people start reading the Old Testament, the Old Testament laws, and are like, man, this whole Bible thing seems so out of date, so absolutely irrelevant. What does this have to do with anything? In fact, sometimes a misunderstanding of the Old Testament keeps people from putting their faith in the God that loves them. I think about some of the Old Testament laws. Leviticus 10, verse 11 says, You must never eat animals from the sea or from rivers that do not have both fins and scales. Like, no crab legs? Like, are you serious? Like, that, that was a rule? That was a law? Well, evidently, yes, it was. And there was probably some reason behind it. Or Deuteronomy 22, verse 11 says, You shall not wear cloth of wool and linen Mixed together. Guys, you better check. If you're wearing polyester blend, like, we could be in trouble with the Old Testament law today. I know some of these laws, they seem so weird, right? What does this have to do with us? And, it, and then it brings these questions like, what's it all about? What did Jesus think about this? Do, I mean, are any of these rules, laws, guidelines that we are supposed to keep following today? And so I want us to spend our time together answering three primary questions. Number one, what is God's intended purpose for the law? Like, why? Secondly, what does Jesus say about the law? Because that's really important. And then thirdly, are we required to follow the law or any part of it? How would we apply it to our lives? So let's start with the first question. What is God's purpose for the law? What was it? as it was given to the Old Testament Israelite nation? Well, that's even part of the answer, you see. God was trying to set apart a group of people for himself. And he gave them some guidelines, some rules to follow, so that when other people saw this group of people that followed these specific 
set of guidelines and rules being blessed that other people would be drawn to the God of creation. So part of it was to set apart a group of people. Yes, obscure, and to make them different than kind of the rest of the the pagan cultures that surrounded them. But I think there's two other reasons, two other purposes of the Old Testament law. One of them was to protect the people, to guide, to guard the people. In the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul says, before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. So already in these verses, it's kind of pointing to the fact that there was a temporariness to the Old Testament law, or it was for a specific time, but it had a very specific purpose, to guard and to protect. We, we might say rules are meant to be broken, but all of us need rules. At the core, we want some rule, some law. Otherwise, there's mass chaos. Just yesterday morning, I went with my son Carter, and we went and played paintball with um, some of his buddies for a birthday celebration, and some of the dads that, that, that all joined in. And uh, you know what paintball is? It's like, hey, I love you, man. <laughs> Nothing says happy birthday like I'm going to kill you. you know? So we're out there on the... But before we got out there onto the playing field to play some paintball, they took some extensive time to cover the rules. Now, you know, it'd be easy to be like, who cares? Come on, let's just, just let us get out there and start shooting, right? And yet I realized in the midst of the game, the rules are for our good. Like the rules, they tell us the parameters of the game so that we can actually do it and have fun. The rules actually protect us. Like one of the rules is keep your mask down. Why? So you won't shoot your eye out. Like, we're, we're walking out there, and I'm pretty sure it was even a dad. He's firing off his gun, you know, before we even got started. If, if we didn't have our masks down, somebody could have got hit and wounded. Rules are meant to protect, to guard, to guide. That was part of the purpose of the Old Testament law, to set people apart, to protect and to guide them. But then there was a third purpose, and this is probably the most significant. Sometimes... People think, well, the Old Testament kind of rule book, it was God's way of saying, here's how you can be good and get to me by following my laws. But that was never the purpose of the Old Testament law. Look at what Paul had to say in Galatians 3.19. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise, the promise of Jesus coming to fulfill the law eventually, which we'll talk about in a few moments, Why, though? To show people their sins. The law was never given to make people right with God. The law was given to show people that we can't be made right with God by following the law. The Old Testament people and we today, you try to follow the Ten Commandments, eventually we're going to blow it. The law was meant to point out the sinfulness of our own hearts and ultimately to point us to our desperate, deep need for a Savior. Someone to rescue us and free us from the guilt of our disobedience to the law or to the rule. That's why the law was given. Now, there was 
all kinds of laws in the Old Testament, 613. So I'm not going to go through each one of those today. Uh, aren't, you, aren't you glad, right? But I do want to just kind of help us understand the three main categories because, it, again, it helps us understand why these laws were given in the first place. First, there's the civil law. Civil laws were the laws that governed life in ancient Israel. Just like we have laws here today in the United States of America. In uh, the state of Ohio, we have specific laws and guidelines and rules. It was simply to govern regular life. Now, when we read some of them, they sound like so foreign. For instance, Exodus 12, uh, 21, verse 33. Suppose someone digs or uncovers a pit, and fails to cover it. And then an ox or a donkey falls into it. The result is the owner of the pit must pay full compensation to the owner of the animal, but then he gets to keep the dead animal. Now, we read that, I'm like, I mean, I have a dog. Like, that's it. Oh, Carter has two turtles. Like, I'm not a livestock guy. This doesn't apply to me, but it applied to the large majority of people in ancient Israel. It was an agricultural society. Everybody had animals. And all they were saying is, listen, sometimes this is going to happen. You dig a hole and you don't cover it up and somebody else's you know, animal ends up in there and dies. You are responsible. It was just a way to honestly care for each other, to respect your neighbor. That's the civil law. The ceremonial law, these were laws that described how Israelites were to worship God. These were the laws that kind of set the people apart. These were the clean and unclean rules, uh, making God's people stand out, and then all about the sacrificial system, and, and when you did one thing, what you, need, what you needed to sacrifice in order to make payment for that sin to cover you. That's the ceremonial law. And then there was the moral law. The moral law were the laws that instructed the Israelite people how to love God and how to love people. Now, Exodus 23 is an example of that, a moral law. God said to Moses, Moses passed it on to the people. You shall not have any other gods but me. It's the first, first commandment listed in the Ten Commandments. It has to do with loving God and loving people. This one primarily with loving God. God was saying, put me first above all other gods or all other things. And life will be in its right order in this way. So we talk about the, the intended purpose of the law. It was to set a specific group of people in a specific time, in a specific culture apart it was to protect and guard and guide. It was also to point out their own sinfulness and ultimately to their need for the ultimate sacrifice, a Savior. But what does Jesus have to say about the law? Some would say, well, I'm just, I'm a Christian now. I'm, I'm not under the Old Testament law. Well, what did Jesus have to say about it? In the midst of the great Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says these words, and it may be surprising. He says, don't misunderstand why I've come. I have not come, Jesus said, to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. Jesus came onto the scene, and Jesus was Jewish. In fact, Jesus probably was following the Jewish law. 
And he came onto the scene and said, listen, I want you to know I didn't come here to do away with it, to get rid of it. And yet he came to do something far altogether better. He said, no, I came to accomplish their purpose. You see, Jesus came to fulfill the law because we couldn't. Jesus came to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. When we could never keep all the rules, Jesus came and kept the rules for us and then gave his life away as a sacrifice to cover our wrongdoing and breaking of God's law. See, all the Old Testament law, it's pointing ahead to Jesus. Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is uh, achieved. So in fulfilling the Old Testament law, Jesus really accomplished two things. First, he fulfills the old way. The old way that the Old Testament Israelites were functioning and relating to God. In the book of Hebrews, the writer says this. says, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. He said it was a shadow. Let's think about that for a moment. Uh, today's going to be a beautiful day. Hopefully you're going to get outside in the sunshine. You're going to be in your backyard throwing the ball around. You're going to take a walk at Sheldon's Marsh. You're... When you go outside, you don't go out and say, ooh, I can't wait to see all the shadows today, right? I mean, that, that would seem silly. But what happens when you see a shadow? You, you, you see the shadow of a tree. You see the shadow of a bird flying in the air. And what do you do? You look up. Why? Because you want to see the real thing. The shadow was there, and it just points to something else. And that's what the writer of Hebrews was saying about the Old Testament law. It's just a shadow. It's not the real thing. But it's meant to point us to our need for the real thing. Jesus now, I want to read on in the verse. It says, The sacrifices under that old system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. The Old Testament law carried this sacrificial system that was an absolute constant reminder to people, one of how serious God takes sin. Because he said, when you, when you sin in, in a variety of ways, then some, something has to die. And animals were sacrificed, and blood was shed, and it was a continual reminder of all these things. And yet here, God's word is reminding us that that was never able to completely cleanse a person. It might have covered a person for a temporary time because they were doing an obedience to God. But it was pointing to the real one, Jesus, who would become 
the Lamb of God, slain for the sins of all mankind, a once-for-all sacrifice and payment that would release us from having to live under that old law and rule. Aren't you grateful for Jesus? We ought to be filled with gratitude and joy that we are not living in that old system. So Jesus fulfills the old way, but he also establishes a new way. It's what we sang about earlier. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. What's the way to the Father? What's the way to God? What's the way to heaven? It's not found in obeying an Old Testament rule book. It's found through Jesus. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament rule book on our behalf and gave his life. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are now forgiven and free. So that leads us to what Jesus said uh, on the night before he was going to go to the cross. He was gathered with his disciples, and it's what we celebrate monthly here called communion at the chapel. And he shared a meal. It says, after supper, he took another cup of wine, and Jesus said these words. He said, this cup is the new covenant, or the new agreement, the new way, he said, between God and his people. And how was this agreement, covenant, new way established? An agreement confirmed, he said, with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. You guys, do you see? You see what the whole, we, we get so um, overwhelmed and we just kind of want to stay away from the Old Testament or it even causes us so many questions that, that it causes us doubts to have real faith or trust in the, the, uh, the, the Bible and its relevancy for our lives. And yet, you guys, when you understand what was really going on, it, it's all leading us to Jesus. So, it begs the final question that perhaps has been on our minds. So, does any of it apply to us today? Are we required to follow the law as it was given? Well, I, in part, I don't want to just say no completely because I think there's still something that we can learn from the Old Testament law. In fact, Dr. Mike Whitmer is really helpful here. He says, when reading the Old Testament law, all of it, we ought to ask ourselves a question and read it through this lens asking, well, what does this command tell me about God and how does it teach me to love other people? That's the rule. That's, that's the way that we apply it to our lives today, if it applies at all. Some of them won't, but some of them may. They may remind us what, of something about who God is or how to love other people well. But the Apostle Paul said, listen, even though I'm completely free, I'm not under any law, this is what, this is what Paul said. He said, I don't ignore the law of God, though. And he said, instead, I obey the law of Christ. So it begs the question, what is the law of Christ? And this is what I love. One, one time, some religious leaders, you've heard this before, they came before Jesus and they said, Jesus, all right. And they were trying to, like, pin something on him. And they're like, okay, you tell us, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? 
What, what's, what's, what's the most important thing that we need? Out of, all this, out of all these 613 laws found throughout the pages of the Old Testament, what's the bottom line, Jesus? And Jesus answered them. He replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And then he said, even though they didn't ask, <laughs> and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus first gave himself as a sacrifice to fulfill the Old Testament law, and then Jesus simplifies it all. It says, at the end of the day, this is what it's all been pointing to, and this is what it is all about. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where what it all comes down to. Jesus said, love God, love people. In fact, he said, look at the verse. Uh, we'll put it back up on the screen. Verse 40, it says, it's going to come. There it is. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Jesus could not have been any clearer. He said all that stuff, it's all based on these two things. Love God. Love people. Aren't you grateful for Jesus? Aren't you grateful today that we are not stuck in an Old Testament sacrificial system where week after week you have to come to church and slay animal after animal, seeing the blood being reminded constantly of how short we fail, how, how much we have wrecked our lives and we blow it with God. But instead, Jesus came onto the scene and he said, once and for all, I'm taking care of this. I am not just covering you I am wiping your sins away as far as the east is from the west. Man. And then he just says, listen, here's all I'm asking. After all that I've done for you, this is what Jesus asks. Just love me. Love me with everything that you are. Your mind, your soul, your energy, your strength. Put me first. And I wonder, what's keeping us from loving God first? What's getting in the way? What are our other loves that compete for what God deserves? That's the thing that we ought to pay attention to. And to say, God, help me. Help me to release this thing. Help me to let go of that thing so that I can love you with everything I am. And then he said, and love people. And this is, you guys, this is good for all of us. <laughs> I mean, if I start loving God and loving people, I'm going to love you better. You, we start loving God and loving people, we're going to love one another better. It's going to make it better for our church. It's going to make it better for our families, for our relationships, for our workplaces, for our community, for our world. And Jesus simplifies it all, and he's done it all on our behalf, and he's calling us to love, to love God and to love people.
Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you that when we could not ever live up to your law, Jesus, you came and lived it for us. And you died to it. You were the ultimate payment, the ultimate sacrifice so that we could be set free. Not free just to do whatever we want, but free to truly love you the way we were created to love you and free then to truly love others the way that you first have loved us. God, help us see you in the pages of the Old Testament that were a shadow pointing to you, the real thing, our Savior and our Redeemer. Help us to love you and love others this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.